the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Moses. I am an omnipotent, omnipresent, and abdominal God. From the Valley of the Lepers, the fabulous, far out, funky, freaky, hippie, happy, zippy, zany, wicky, wacky, ladies and gentlemen, will you greet Tan C. C. Ziggett? Much has changed. It's the apocalypse, the end of the world. And uh, I have an album out. What shit timing is that? <laughs> Welcome back to the Consequences podcast with Paul McNulty and Sean McCreevy. Or maybe perfect, well, or maybe perfect timing. We should, <laughs> we should come on to that. Uh, yeah, I mean, you, you did seem to predict the end of the world, and I'm glad to say you were only half right. <laughs> it's not over yet. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. yeah, so I'll never forget that moment, Kevin. I mean, apart from you playing us a few excerpts from the album uh, um, and gazing at us the whole way through, which was unsettling and fantastic all at the same time, um, you, 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 you uttered, a, uttered a phrase that haunted us the whole trip home, which was, as a species, we're fucked. <laughs> yes, that's a technical term. Yes, um, indeed. Yes. I, well, I, it doesn't get better, does it? Every day you see, unless it's just the way it's reported, I honestly don't know. But we can't seem to get a hold of anything. For, for very long and do anything about anything and we're no. we're out of our depth we're out, we're out of our depth for most of the time we don't know how to deal with stuff if you speak to one person that person will probably have an idea how things work but as a as a mass as a species that's probably the right word mm-hmm. we haven't a clue no and and it won't be the end of the world We'll, we'll probably just die out because we deserve it, but the world will carry on. It'll mend itself, as has been shown over this period, to a degree. Yes. Yes, and, and my problem with that, apart from what you've just said, Kevin, I'm, I'm totally with you, is that we don't know what the flipping truth is. What do we no. believe? What do you believe from one minute to the next? It's... I've given up thinking. Hmm. It's too late to stop the say it's too late. Unfortunately, I, I, I've fallen victim to that disease of having to check check my emails every 20 seconds <laughs> and the news feeds. And so the, one of the first things I do is is read the news mm. because it usually I usually get a bit of a laugh out of doing that mm. because it's so outrageous. <laughs> and then I do the same as you suggested. I, I, I just think about, just get on with the stuff that I can do mm. and hope for the best. And um, Oh, it does me too. Yeah. And I, can't, I can't quite understand. I think the thing that makes me laugh more than anything else are Americans. The bang, bang theory which says the more guns there are, the safer it is to walk the streets. And I don't know no red-blooded white man who don't want to walk that walk. They're like children. 
It's just unbelievable. I was watching a clip a couple of days ago. I think it was Alex Crawford reporting for Sky News. And this this woman in Texas was giving her a hard time for wearing a face mask in the middle of a pandemic, (laughs) which they don't believe exists. It's just fucking nuts. Because <laughs> we were about cutting through all the bullshit. That's what bang, bang, bang is for. Let's start with muscle memory as a title, please, Kevin. Um, yeah. it, it made me chuckle. Um, and listening to it, I can't believe that this is true. But did it feel like you were flexing muscles that hadn't been flexed for a long time? <laughs> Well, that's what I was. I suppose that's where the title came from. It was a question. There should really be a question mark on it, hmm. because before I got stuck into the, the project fully, I stopped to think. Gosh, I haven't I haven't done this for a, for a long time, not really, and never in this manner. So, will I? Will my body and will my brain remember how it goes? Remember? How it works, mm. um, but it but it it kind of does it, it and did. It's it's a little bit like swimming or, or or riding a bike or any of those things that your body remembers how to do. It works. It works for making music as well. Thank goodness. Um, and even though the circumstances were were completely different to the way I've made music before, it, it's like the, the relevant sinews and muscles and thought processes seem to kick in automatically, mm. which was which was a relief. So initially it was a question, muscle memory, and after after the event, muscle memory. Yes. <laughs> Yes, it's certainly it's certainly been answered. Um, we we spoke to to Graham uh, just recently, and he was full of admiration for the way you approached this project. Um, he said it would have driven him crazy to to be presented with finished tracks, and he wouldn't have been able to pick them apart and pull them apart and change them. But am I right in thinking that you just dealt with it as as these tracks were? You you never really made any significant edits to what you were presented with. I think it may be. I think it may be three tracks. There was a little manoeuvring, mm. but for the most part, um, I, I I I sort of uh, decided to discipline myself to staying with the structure um, because it was hard enough anyway to 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 wade through the amount of material that I was sent. I, I think I ended up getting, I probably told you this before, 286 yeah. pieces of instrumental music. And I was I was only anticipating getting about 50 or something, which, so this was like, oh my God. <laughs> but the way I, I was pretty organized about um, ca- cataloging them and in the early stages, I'd listened to something a few times and I'd write some notes about it, describing it a little bit, and I'd put it in either the rejection pile or the possible pile, or a very definitely possible pile. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I'd, I sort of went through everything like this, and it took a while because everything didn't come in at once. It came in over quite a long period of time. Yeah. 
but you know, keeping, you know, I kept going back to listen to certain things, and and when when I was confident enough to start writing, um, that's kind of where the catalogue process really came in useful because. I, I, you know, I was starting to get lyrical ideas, and I thought they'd work with this track, but sometimes they work better on another track, mm-hmm. so I could kind of jump from from one to another. But, but the interesting thing was when I began the project, I had no, no preconceived ideas about what the songs would be about, what the subject matter would be about. Um, it was totally open and a little bit scary in that regard, but. The, the song that I wrote first um, was uh, All Bones Are White. Mm. All I know is what they told me Something about you getting paid what you were owed That they never looked into your eyes While you could still see through And that, that came from me being utterly appalled by what had just gone in, gone on in Charlottesville in, I think it was 2017. Yeah. And the lyric for that just kind of poured out. Uh, and that, and I was off. <laughs> I was in first mm-hmm. gear, as it were. Um, and, and the process of, of, of sort of committing writing to an actual audio experience was was relatively simple at that stage i all i did was because i'd asked people to send me stereo mixes of the piece mm. um, that they sent me and i i pulled that into garage band and i sang straight into the computer the parts that i thought would work and then i did a rough mix of that sent it back to them um and they either said that shit do it again <laughs> which which thankfully nobody did <laughs> Um, everyone was everyone was great actually everyone everyone liked what I did which was which I wasn't expecting yeah but um, and once that had happened it was really a matter of of, of me doing it again properly so I got myself um, I got a, a good interface and a microphone uh, that was very good um, I actually got the microphone from a guy Tim Bonas. I'm sure you must know Tim. Yeah. We don't know him. Sent, but, uh, yeah. Um, I yeah, think you mentioned him before. Asked, yeah. Yeah, that's right. He asked me to do a vocal on one of his songs, which which I did, and he sent me this this equipment <laughs> instead of paying me, which was <laughs> perfect timing. So essentially, I, from that point, I was in a position to do my part of the equation from home. Out of reach and waving, waving. Walking through the waves. I think that made a hell of a hell of a difference mm. because there was in a studio you're under pressure whether you know it or not. Um, but doing it from home, I could work deep into the night and try lots of different ideas, um, and without anybody looking over my shoulder. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's great. It was like strawberry. Uh, reduced. I mean, there was. I know you had your own studio, or the four of you did, but really, you were yeah. really working completely uh, autonomously. 
in that yes. bubble, yeah. The other interesting thing that people have picked up on so far is, and and there's a reason for this. I, when when I started listening, I didn't. I the first thing I did was not to find out who sent me that piece of music, um, because I didn't want the artist who sent it to me to have any bearing on me choosing it. Right. If you know what I mean. Yep. I wanted to choose pieces of music uh, for its own merit and because I felt I could do something with it. Um, it was kind of later that, I, that I'd sort of check in to who sent me what and, and had conversations with with quite a few people, but it, it strikes me as still being quite weird that I've never actually met anybody yet. <laughs> the, the, the only person who I have met previously, uh, and that was a, a few years ago, was Gautier, mm. who is my co-writer on Song of Hate. If I had a doll of you I'd sprinkled it with roses A morning dew So, I mean, that's a very strange position. And I suppose, in a sense, I've made a remote album before it was necessary to make a remote album. <laughs> Absolutely. And th there's a lot of uh, prescient, I don't know, fortune-telling on the record, Kevin, which we'll come on to. Can I ask you <laughs> about that that relationship with the with your fellow songwriters? Did you miss yeah. the, the push and pull of what we could call the, the standard songwriting Makeup, where you'd sit in a room with a piano or a guitar or something. I, I didn't because, because this was far more. Um, it was somehow easier because, I mean, it's great. I mean, writing a song in the traditional way, one on one, is 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 a lovely experience. But, um, but there's always, you know, can you try this chord instead? And mm. actually, if I change these words and have them in the verse instead of the chord. And you could go on forever doing it. And what you're really doing is you're batting things around to try and find the best solution. But if one of those elements cannot be batted around, mm. then there is a discipline to work to. Yes. Um, and I found, I, I don't know, I just found that really refreshing. Uh, I, I tried as far as possible to stay close to that uh, ideal all the way through. And as I said, there's maybe two or three tracks where things got moved a teeny weeny bit, mm -hmm. but not a great, not a great deal. No, it's certainly a, a, an incredibly unusual kind of modus operandi. I, I'm interested to, to know if you're inspired lyrically by elements within each of the tracks. I'm thinking of things like Expecting a Message, where you've got those lovely yeah. kind of distorted, staticky ble bleeps and things. Did that make you think of of kind of extraterrestrial messages. Well, I don't think those, no, because they weren't actually on the original track. Okay. As far as I recall, um, this, that was actually the, the first track that I got, and this was before even the album idea came into being. This was the, this is one of the two tracks that came to me um, mm. from Luke, Luke Monet. Um, and I don't think those, those bizarre 
granular noises were on the original. That was something that we generated uh, because of the the nature of the lyric. Sure, sure. Um, so, and that's that did change structurally. I remember slightly. I I did a vocal, uh, did a rough mix, and sent it off to Luke, who thought it was great, but he he re-edited that ever so slightly, mm. and sent it back to me, and it was better. So we we just we just changed the basics to match what he'd done when we got the um, when we got the stems through. Uh, and just redid it properly, and but yeah, we were we were once we knew what the theme was, we kind of worked into the audio and the sonics a little bit to to take it more towards what the track was about. And this is a different mix again to the to the original mix, um, which yes, I think you I released made it. In, you released it months ago, didn't you? This one. Yeah, I don't. No, it was, I put it on my website. I don't know if it was actually released. Yeah. But um, as a as a for, formal record, but um, this is different. There's a strange kind of breakdown towards the end with me making odd <laughs> alien gar- gargling noises. Your a- what do you call it? Your alien moan break. I love that, and it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's a fantastic thing. Yeah, I won't ask you. I won't great. ask you to um, to to repeat it here, Kevin. We'll just play the clip. Um, oh, okay. Well, expecting a message is is imminently going to be properly released as as the first of the eleven singles. Mm. One every is it one every two weeks? Something like I that. I believe so. Yes. That again is a, a very unusual uh, way of working. What what made you want to do it? Uh, in sequence like that over a course of a a number of months well it wasn't my idea i mean state 51 are a very unusual Mm. label and it was their suggestion that we did it like this and their russian i mean my it's very counterintuitive thing because you would naturally think that if you put it out in this manner by the time the album comes out everyone's heard it Mm. and you think oh gosh but apparently, I mean, that was that was my thought. But when I brought this up, they said that's actually not what happens. What tends to happen is all you're doing is you're giving people who wouldn't necessarily be intrigued enough to buy the album, you're giving them the opportunity to find you because it's out mm-hmm. there for longer. Mm-hmm. They may they may listen to one or two tracks on the run-up to the album release and be intrigued enough to go for the album. But you would not get that if you just released the album first. So it's a snowball effect. Mm. What, right. an, what an interesting idea. I was also interested in in terms of the sequencing, Kevin, of, of the order that you're releasing the tracks in. Do you think yeah. that that was based on what you thought would hang together as a complete album? Or, or have you sequenced it to give maximum impact in the moment, if, if you understand where I'm coming from? I, I do, no. I mean, all it, it is, in fact, the sequence that the album is, is in. Yeah. It is exactly the same. Mm. Um, so, it, I mean, putting a sequence of tracks together for an album, is, it's, it's, it's a subtle process and it's a tricky process. Mm. Um, because how one thing plays off against what's you, what you've just heard is always significant. Mm. Um, so 
it just felt right, really, and there was no reason to change that order to fit anything. It was impossible to fit anything anyway, mm. because what may happen two weeks after the first one comes out, maybe the world may end for all we know, <laughs> <coughs> the way things are at the moment. So so all I think I said, I'm glad that um, the bang-bang theory is coming out prior to the American election. <laughs> yeah, I, I hope it's going to have some kind of influence, Kevin. Let's, let's put it that way. <laughs> well, we'll see. <laughs> We'll see. Terrific track. But, we'll, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll come on to that one. I think Expecting a Message is a cracking uh, first single, you know. I mean, I when I first listened to the album, I actually wrote yeah. the, the single um, next to it, which was a bit of a joke, really. Uh, I think it's a, a cracker. It's, it's a great track. It's really hooky. You've got yeah. all those loads of soulful BVs going on. The, the, vo- yeah. the vocal dexterity is amazing, uh, just just amazing, and it's a lot of fun. Uh, and I, I think it's, it's it's kind of anal probing to a disco beat. <laughs> Your house is empty, but the pool is full, and the water's dirty. Delicately put. Yeah. Yes, yes. Well, it is. In a, in a, in a way. I think it's. I mean, uh, most people who've heard the music think it's probably the most commercial one. Mm. Um, and I did. I have done a cut down version for radio. Okay. Uh, which is interesting. Um, but yeah, I, I. I mean, I love it. A, I love it because it was the first. It was the first track that I did in this new way of working, mm. and it turned out really, really well. Yes. But it had enough play in it to change things. That's what I love about it. It, it allowed some space and manoeuvrability when putting this version together. And again, thank goodness to Luke, he's very happy with this version too. So yeah, I really like it. It's it really. Who was talking to me the other day about it? They said because I've been do, doing interviews all week. Somebody yeah. said. They put the record on uh, to listen to it, and their wife yelled from the other room, "What the fuck are you listening to?" <laughs> and that was only with that opening synth figure. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, it's it's a really elastic. It's a, an elastic number, uh, very wow. very up musically. But I mean, immediately there, just by a casual listen, uh, you can tell that all is not. It, it's complex lyrically. Like, there's there's there's, tr- there's trouble brewing. I mean, your house is empty, but the pool is full and the water's dirty. I mean, that 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 jumped out at me straight away. That line and yeah, uh, it, it, it it just indicates that this is a pretty dark, uh, lyrically speaking, album for sure. And I'm sure I'm sure you would agree with that. Very much so. Uh, yeah, I, I I think so. Um, and again, I suppose that subconsciously having been the first track um sort of led me down that road although there was no conscious decision to make everything dark right (laughs) it it, it kind of it just was i mean through throughout all the period of time spent making the album there was so much kicking off around the world Mm. um that that it, it kind of couldn't be avoided and i 
I think it's it's kind of an artist's job, if you like, to to recognise this. Um, and not, you know, apart from that, I couldn't write a Moon in June song to save my life anyway. <laughs> so, um, unless the moon blew up. <laughs> maybe, in June. Know, yes, in that's, June. that's right. Thank goodness it didn't because we're in July. Well, <laughs> yeah. It's, it's how it started to come out and it sort of, it sort of established a pattern, if you like, subconsciously for everything that, that followed. And it became the interesting thing for me that it became easier. The the, the the response to each track became more committed, and the writing of the lyrics became a joy. I mean, writing lyrics is quite can be quite difficult. Mm. Yeah, and it can it can drive people mad. Um, I remember during, during the writing process, I'm wandering around the house, mumbling. To myself and half singing to myself, uh, and my my dear wife thinks I'm insane, <laughs> <laughs> and I can't. I'm not allowed to go out and meet anybody because I'll be doing hi, how are you doing? <laughs> Making a message, and the problem. It's not a problem. It's great, but the, the, if a song is going well, <clears throat> there's a point where the song starts to write you. Um, and has a life of its own, mm. and you have to kind of you have to kind of stay alert to find out where it's going, mm. and that's all. That's part of the process too. Think I'm gonna need some help in the days to come. My neighbors are watching the house in case I do a bad thing. They think I've lost it. They avoid me like the plague Take the long way around me In case they catch what I've got I really admire in songs like One Day and Periscope, they're two of my favourites. Yes. It, okay. sounds, um, it sounds like, I'm, I'm trying to imagine hearing the track with no vocals, it sounds like they're fairly well marked out in terms of what would be perhaps a verse, a chorus, you know, section A, section B. But I really like the way that you've almost approached, or it seems you've approached it like a stream of musical consciousness almost. You, 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 yeah. You're you, kind of riding roughshod over what would be a straight verse and chorus. Mm. You, you, you're aware that the music is changing, but, but it, it, it's more like... A, of a piece, if, that, if I'm making any sense there. If, you are. You, you know, it's, I, I really like the way you, you haven't done it in the traditional verse-chorus way. I don't know whether right. it's a deliberate choice or not. Well, how I... Okay, so one thing I discovered when I... The second track that I did was Periscope. Right. Okay. Um, and the chord sequence for that, I still, for the life of me, don't know where the chord sequence begins and where the chord sequence ends. Yeah. Because it's it seems to me to be a continuous uh, growth uh, of one chord leading to another and it's and every chord is as pregnant as the one before it so I couldn't figure out where the sequence started and where it ends I still okay. can't okay. so all, all I really did was I I started singing with the headphones on and until I had a say 20 seconds that i liked right and then i stopped 
Mm. And then I played it again and reacted to that 20 seconds. Mm -hmm. So I didn't, it, it wasn't, that's what's different about this in terms of the writing process as well. It, it wasn't written, I didn't know what the song would be until I'd recorded it, which is more of a Godly and Cream way of working mm. than a 10cc way of working. But yeah. in other words, I would put something down there and I'd react to that and then react to the next bit and so on and so forth. And it was um, when I was maybe three quarters of the way through or two thirds of the way through, I, I, I did a mix and sent it to my co-writer, who a chap called John Mulder in the yeah. States. Um, because when he sent it to me, he hadn't a clue what to do with it. He, he'd done this lovely recording, but right. didn't have a clue how a song would work over it. And uh, I, 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 obviously I understand why, why that was the case. Yeah. And, and, but I had to do it that way because I couldn't, you know, it wasn't like, okay, well, I'll start a verse here and I'll end it there and then the mm. sequence starts again and here and I'll do something else because I couldn't figure it out. <laughs> Yeah. I know exactly what you mean. There's a lovely kind of fluid uh, Pink Floydiness about that track. I, I really like Periscope. Yeah. It reminds me of, of Comfortably Numb, particularly at, yes. yeah, at the end where you're, um, you've are you got your fist up to the sky, you're kind of thinking, I'm going to ask for help. But I find this song, Kevin, that I guess the most lyrically hard to grasp, actually. I'm, I'm, okay. I, I've got very vivid pictures of this guy almost burying himself in a bunker. Isn't he? I, I'm not sure. If, <laughs> I, is he hiding from a, you know, the world of lies, the moral blindness around him? It's a very interesting <laughs> idea. It's uh, well, the image that I had in my head when when I was writing this, and you should take all these with a pinch of salt because okay. obviously when you listen to a song and you like it, it becomes yours. Mm. So sometimes to explain what I was going through is isn't necessarily helpful, but. What I was I was thinking of somebody who maybe ten years ago was important and people really listened to this person uh, in terms of his opinions. Yes. And what has happened to the world in the intervening years um, has changed, and he is no longer respected. People no longer go to him for his advice or his opinions. So he's he's not a comfortable part of this new world. Mm. And he has, for all intents and purposes, given up, mm -hmm. and he uh, and there's a lot of paranoia in it. He can, he can, he's getting scared by the by the way things are, and that whole bit about I think it's early on in the song where uh, people are avoiding him, yeah, and yeah. taking the, the long way round. <laughs> That's kind of more about he's not necessarily sharing the same opinions of his neighbours yeah. uh, anymore. I was going to mention that very lyric, take the long way around in case they catch what I've got. Are you, yeah. sure, are you sure you didn't go back and tweak any of these after, like, March 2020? No, or? no. <laughs> I, know I, you, was, I know you no, didn't. I know you were there, like, last week. Yeah. No, 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 no. Um, what, I, what, what I meant was that... that 
because of the way things are at the moment, unless you toe the party line in many respects, in, in certain areas, you are an outcast. Yes. Um, it's part of this thing that you know that people call cancel culture. Yeah. I suppose it it refers to that. And he was thinking that gosh, gosh, if I don't think like them, uh, I'm I could be treated as having a a disease. It's mm. almost like a disease. So it's an exaggeration on his part and part of his paranoia. Absolutely. And they, all his neighbours are. Everyone around him is glued to their screens, and I, I wonder if they're yes. if they're the same fucked up screens, Kevin, which uh, you you deal with brilliantly on my favourite track actually on the whole album, which is "Cut to the Cat." I right. I absolutely love that totally cynical view of the way media bends reality uh, into this horribly homogenised state. Um, and for me, it's yeah. a, it's a song which seems to critique PC-ness, but but yeah. seems to have a very very dark underbelly of you can clean you can clean up the language as much as you like, but underneath is still this this same dark sinister cynicism. Is, is that a fair interpretation? You have to be careful not to alienate people, because everyone likes a little violence. We need to be inclusive. One way of looking at, at at these tracks, these eleven tracks, is each each is almost like a short story and mm. something, and it's the opinion of, of whoever it is that is singing that particular song. Now whether. That's me singing through a character or a character singing through me. Mm. I'm not 100% sure. But in, in, in the case of Cut to the Cat, what I was thinking, it's almost like a media executive. Yes. Who, who is talking to himself in the mirror. He's trying to figure out ways around what's happening out there um, to give him an opening to create a new shocking kind of TV program or online program um, because that's the kind of thing he makes but but the rules are changing the goalposts are moving every day so he's he's examining the evidence if you like but in a very trite way mm -hmm. he's talking through the possibilities of what he can get away with and blowing it out of all proportion because he doesn't quite get it mm. oh, I agree you don't give more than 10 seconds and 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 yeah, let's show Granny getting gang raped, but make sure you cut to the you know to to the yeah. the icon of of Grumpy Cat. I think that's such a, a wonderful dark image, that Kevin. Thank you. But it's also, I mean, if you look at any news feeds, um, and I mean any, mm. you, you can be reading something something horrific, and then an advert will pop up immediately below it for this this new cheap. Uh, digital watch just flying off the shelves in Ireland. Or, you know, <laughs> yep, what the yep. fuck? You know, I, I'm you know I'm reading something. I'm trying to digest something that may or may not be significant. I don't want to know about your fucking digital watch. Mm -hmm. You know, and it's that clash. It's that one thing pop, popping up over something else before it's even been told. Yes. Before you've even finished reading, something pops up that is so 
different and a completely different world. It's like, never mind that. Never mind 10,000 people died from coronavirus today. Buy this T-shirt. You know, it's like, what the fuck? Yeah. And it, it's that. It's that. There's no. There's no space. There's yeah. No space. Well, well, literally, the the Worldometer site, which is you know the accredited statistics of coronavirus uh, illness and death, on that yeah. site, you get pop-ups selling underwear, I think, and and really yeah. bizarre things. So it's exactly exactly what you said. I, I was just going to ask Kevin about. Um, uh, Grumpy Cat, which I think gives rise to the album's funniest line, because <laughs> on, the, on, the, on the lyrics sheet sent to us, it's dated 2018, and did a bit of research here, and Grumpy Cat didn't expire till 2019. Mm. Did, did, did you go back and insert the R.I.P.? Yeah, I did. The song has been recorded for a while. I did it when we mixed it. I thought I it was hilarious. It, yeah. It's a wonderful moment. <laughs> But if Penny's getting gangwayed by Smacked out zombies, coupled cat Everybody loves Grumpy Cat R.I.P. <laughs> <laughs> and it, and it, it feels that, that you're being extremely topical throughout the record, Kevin, almost as if you've, you've updated it. I mean, we, we've talked a little bit about the political angle, which we'd like to explore. But uh, the... The mood of Black Lives Matter seems to permeate at least a couple of the tracks. Um, this and and All Bones of White, of course. And I I love that that kind of horrible analogy you make about um, you know almost black backgrounds matter, where you're talking about we can't do black backgrounds anymore because we're we're Apple Mac and we're white and we're clean. That's a, a that is a marvelous analogy. Well, that that I mean that is that I got that somebody actually said that to me once, and we were talking about how to present something for for an app or something, and we were talking about what pop people might like or how people react to apps, and I think I designed something with a black background, and then it was pointed out to me that, you know, it's not black backgrounds don't work this week. <laughs> uh, what's happening is white backgrounds because it is clean and fresh. Mm. So that 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 is actually real, um, and it just seemed to work here. Won't we get mauled by the black backgrounds that are people? Do we need to skew things towards a younger demographic? Which suggests that homicide leaves a little less abrasive name. How about bye byes? Will we get mauled by the black backgrounds, people? Black backgrounds matter, people. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a twisted. It's him being twisted. He's 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 mixing something up that he heard with something else that he heard, and he either doesn't understand either, or he's just being extremely um, uneducated about it and rather insulting about it. No. He's he's but, like the majority of his public, probably. Yes, probably. Yeah. He's just chucking words around at that point. But yeah. it just seemed, you know, the the other aspect of writing a song is does it work? Does it fit? Does mm. it sound right? And you can't really spend too long poring over every single every single word. But luckily, luckily enough, I didn't have to. The the the, the words came bouncing off each other for the most part. Mm. Mm. 
Absolutely, and um, it, one of the things I, I really like about it, Kevin, and uh, this and, and, and a few of the tracks have repetitive and more identifiable melodies. And they, yeah. I find those easier to listen to because there, there are so many tracks on the album where the melodies seem to be almost stream of consciousness, like they're, like you're, you're, <laughs> you're, you're, you're improvising them. And sometimes it makes for a, a difficult listening experience. Um, yeah. I've I found that the album more digestible if I, if I listen to it in two halves for that reason. It's interesting. Yeah. Is that something, tell us about the way you came up with the melodies. Was it stream of consciousness, uh, or stream of lack of consciousness? Hmm. It was. Yep, it was yep. essentially by trying stuff. It was all trial and error. Um, it, it, yes, it was. It was really just sitting down in front of a microphone, listening, and then just letting something happen. And nine times out of ten, it was shit. Um, <laughs> yeah. But. You know, on the 11th go, oh, there's something in there. Mm. Just let's try that again. One day there will be no new music. One day every note ever played on any instrument and any words ever sung. One day we'll live in the cloud in a I mean, probably a good example of that process was the song One Day. Yes. Um, uh, and that worked in a similar way to uh, Periscope. Mm. Yes. I, I do something, and uh, yes, that's that works. I play that back and react to the next bit, and that's crap, that's crap, that works, and so on and so forth, until, until the whole thing had woven its way through the entire piece of instrumental music. So, again, it wasn't really a song structure. I mean, interestingly, the, what that song is to me, it's a, it's an elevator pitch. Yes. It is, it is a guy <laughs> who stepped into a, a lift with some big media guy, and he's pitching him this new algorithm called One Day. Mm. So that's why that refrain is repeated over and over again. He's like See. branding the song. And <laughs> he's How trying interesting. to sell this. Yeah. Somewhere out there, someone's probably doing this. The, the idea behind it is in future, a record label uh, um, will be able to offer a deal to a big artist and say, we'll buy your entire recorded catalogue. Uh, you will never have to work again in your life. Mm. And we will run our algorithm through everything that you've done, which will analyze it at a granular level. And we'll, we will create, or it will create, new pieces of music from what you've already done. <laughs> Forever. You'll always be making what is and what will be from what was. Yes, I, I, abso I absolutely love that line, Kevin. You, you'll always be making what is and what will be from what was. That's fantastic. Yeah, thank you. But that, that was that was kind of the idea. And, and this this little guy is trying to sell this. Mm -hmm. This, um, you know, he's got a. <laughs> He's made it, and he's got it. He's got his software in his pocket, so yes. he can actually he wants to show it to this guy, 
Um, who knows whether it will or not, whether it will or not, but that was kind of the image in my mind. That's really, really interesting, and uh, I can I can totally picture that. This song, to me, is kind of like a business is business for the 21st century. Do you know what I mean? Yep, yep, yep. The kind of, the record, the record company executive is, is now the, the AI executive. Fed, half dead melodies dragged up from the archives playing on your superbills. I'm being brainwashed and don't know how to block it. Something in the chorus burns a hole in my pocket. With this, yes. there's, there's a dark and light about this song which I, I really love. The, the kind of chorus, if you like, the refrain. Is kind of hinting, yes. hinting sarcastically at this utopian future, um, and yet you've got this dystopian present being talked about. Where I, I think it's, it's like George Orwell. This Kevin, it's not a prediction of the future. It's happening now, isn't it? Well, I, I hope not, but I think it might be. But the, the other touchstone, if you like, that I suddenly realised was that wonderful series, Black Mirror. Mm. Yes. Mm-hmm. Which, which, I mean, that was looking at various extreme versions of the near future. Yes. Too, and there wasn't. There was an episode. Uh, I forget what it was called with Miley Cyrus in it, playing uh, a huge rock star, and something not hugely different to that happened to her. Um, it happened. I saw the episode probably about six months after I'd recorded the song. Okay. So it was like, oh, great minds think alike, hmm. or whatever. But that way of thinking, I'm sure, is out there, or whatever. And it's hence those little those little nudges from the guy saying, you know, uh, I can't wait. Can you? You know, sort of selling it. Yes. Yes, I see. Yeah, yeah. And and Spotify's already doing this in a way, isn't it, Kevin? Where you start playing a song you like, and then if you let Spotify exercise its algorithm on you, it then starts yeah. it starts reading your mind. Um, where <laughs> it's giving you what you subconsciously want to hear next, and it's quite spooky. Yeah, yeah. Well, right. all, all that all that area of artificial intelligence is, is I mean, it's fascinating. Yes, it, it really is fascinating, and uh, I'd I'd love to delve a little. Bit deeper into it, but but there is all anything that moves the world forward um, tends to move it backwards at the same time. It's just to what degree. One day, bet you can't We're living in an incredible time at the moment. Mm. Uh, God knows how it will be judged mm. in the future. I tried to think, but it's it's fascinating what's actually going on. So uh, you know, I'm I'm sort of I'm sort of a little bit removed from it all, but I'm fascinated by everything. I'm fascinated by deep fakes. I'm fascinated by artificial intelligence, um, AR, VR. It's all amazing. Mm. I just. I, just underneath it all, you know, I, I see stuff that could be damaging. Yes, and this is this is possibly one example. That's right. And talking of damaging, Kevin, you, you give American politics a right good kicking again, don't you? You've you've done that before, haven't you? You remember um, uh, the Big Bang and Air Force One from Goodbye Blue Sky. Yeah. You, you've come back yes. to the same target in a way, haven't you? Here. Ah, uh-huh, but he's a bigger target. Yes. <laughs> Regret. 
theory Scoobs In a nutshell Scoobs The president The bang bang theory Scoobs The president In a full metal jacket It's easier to hear it, But it, it just It just What's going on in America On so many levels Beggars belief mm. It really It really does What was it I, Did I say this before I can't remember Where, um, Alex Crawford In Texas um, being yelled at by a woman because she had the temerity to wear a mask. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, what the fuck is that about? I know, and, and it's it's happening to some extent, a lesser extent here as well. Uh, it's, it's crazy. What? What do you mean? Someone's giving you a hard time for wearing not, a mask? Not, not, not me, but I've, I've seen, you know, crap on on Facebook and Twitter where, where people are actually kind of mask shaming and I, it's just pathetic. <laughs> what? I know, Why? I know, I know. But there's a, there's a line here in, in Bang Bang Theory which is one of those tracks on the record which, which one of the, the belly laugh tunes for me. They're, they're so grim, they're hilarious, but I love this. And it's so, it's so topical, it harks right back to July the 4th, Kevin. I want his head, <laughs> I want his head on a plate and mine on Rushmore. Yeah. And where was he the other day? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Are you Nostradamus in disguise? <laughs> I am. Obviously. <laughs> bam bang theory. Good. I want his head on a plate. Good. The president. The bam bang theory. Good. The president. A man on Rushmore. Can we just ask about the, the track of um, a, a bang bang theory? It. Uh, it's very uh, r- rhythmic, almost no kind of chordal content. Remind the track reminds me of the Jungle Line by Joni Mitchell. Do you, yes. do you know that track? But, yes. Uh, I mean, obviously, on the, hiss- on the hissing of summer lawns. Yeah. Yeah. Exa- exactly. Obviously, you you affect completely different results. But uh, I, I, it's interesting. You, Obviously, that was the Burundi drummers, wasn't it? I think um, it was, yeah, back in 1975 or something, yeah. Yeah. I thought, okay, so what happened with, with this song originally, and I don't know if it was in a... What Did I play this song to you when we when we met? Yes, I, I think so. I think we you did. Before. All yeah. Bones Are White, you played us. Um, right. I can't remember the other Cups one, but it was too Cups overwhelming. Yes, Cut to the Cat. <laughs> The original backing track that that, that I got for this uh, is from an American uh, guy called Bob Bayland, and mm. it was very up-tempo country sounding. Lots of plucked guitars. Mm. Um, mm. It was, and that's what appealed to me about it. Right. And so I sat down and wrote the song and sang the song and everything. Um, and and Bob loved it, and everything was cool. So, okay, Bob, please, can you send me the stems? Mm. Ah, I haven't got any stems. <laughs> so, so this was one of those instances where somebody had sent me a piece of music that they recorded, and they weren't sure what they wanted to do with it, but thought I might like it, mm. but hadn't at that time saved all the stems. So wow. I couldn't... I couldn't pick it apart mm. and mix it properly, and it wasn't a great mix anyway. So, and at a certain point, that sort of jaunty, very up country flavour didn't 
didn't seem to it didn't seem to gel with everything else for for, for whatever reason. Mm. Um, and I think it was my wife Sue who who pointed that out to me. You can get lost in things, you know, and 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 not see the wood for the trees. And it was one of those. So what I did was I just completely redid the backing track. I had no idea what the original chords were. Mm. Uh, because I don't play an instrument, I wouldn't have been able to play them anyway. So I, I just resolved to do something that was percussive. Mm. Um, and strangely enough, that Johnny Mitchell track was mentioned. Ah. Um, okay. uh, Sue mentioned it and played it to me and reminded me of it and how effective it was. So that, that was a, a little bit uh, of the template. Of course, it actually sounds completely different. It's a bit more fierce. Yes, than Joni's track, but but um, and so, but the song itself is, I'd say, ninety nine percent exactly the same. Mm. It's just right. that treating very, very it in, feel, yeah, yeah. It's just tr- that treating it in this way gave it a different life. That's yeah, to fit. Wow. It. There's a poppy wreath on a soldier's tomb. There's a poppy snake. I was just going to say then, Kevin, did you actually play the percussion, or did you did the did your collaborator collaborator resend the track to you? I'm not quite sure how, what happened. No, I did it. I, I yeah. we made a, we made a drum loop, and I played some percussion. But that, interestingly enough, we were still fishing around in the dark at the beginning of re-recording it. But we yeah. fed the drums through. Uh, some magic box that I think was an effect box for vocals. Mm. But I said, well, what happens if you feed drums through it? <laughs> right. Uh, right. And this most peculiar roaring sound yeah. came yeah. out mm. that was driven by the drums. So there's re- there's, re- there's maybe about four or five overdubs on it. There's, there's the original drum loop, mm. um, plus this roaring sound triggered by the loop, plus some percussion and plus some synth percussion. Yeah. And, and and that's it. We And then I did the, the vocal over the top of that, and it didn't suggest that it needed anything else. Dilemma got to deal with it. Mission impossible, unstoppable, living start to occur, so original. We better bring you something new. Sooner or later, everybody gonna wanna do deck one, deck two. That's right, it, it reminds me, Kevin, if for that very reason, actually, of, of grime. Because that's exactly how grime music's put together, isn't it? With beats in the bedroom. Uh, right. And, and then a, you know, a powerful, gritty message over the top. I think if there was too much going on, you wouldn't hear the song. Yeah. You wouldn't hear yes. the, the lyric. Exactly, and the, and the thing that had to go was the kind of harmonic content. It sounds like mm. it works brilliantly. Yeah, yeah. Thank you, thank you. And, and, and it was it was a relatively fierce noise. Yeah, which which I really liked. It, it sort of it kicks it along. It kicks it down the road a lot, mm. which is which mm. is which is how it should be. Very appropriate. This there's, there's such um, such an eclectic record. This Kevin, the, the the backing tracks, I think actually surprisingly fit together as a as an album really well but i love the fact you, that you go from the kind of that there are p- floaty ballady piano-y things going on there's the the blue nile sounds there's the pink floyd and there's a track called hit the street which has that lovely 
minimalist piano and a trumpet and a guitar with very kind of almost jazzy chords that descend. Yeah. I'm fascinated yeah. by that track. Come over and talk while Let's reminisce Show me that broken smile Blow me a kiss um, Okay, hit the street. That's an interesting one. Um, that came in quite early, Hit the Street, and um, what attracted me to it was this, at least at the very beginning, there's, there's, there is a, a very kind of plaintive piano figure, mm. like a very childlike piano figure yeah. that's played over the, the song or the instrumental at the time. Um, and... What that turned out to be was, in fact, that I didn't find out until afterwards. It was, it was a possible clue as to what I might sing. He was trying to pick out a tune mm. for for me to use as a as a guide to sing to, but I didn't know that. <laughs> right. I just I just thought it was part of part of the instrumentation. Okay. But the song, but the song, the song itself. Is it's very simple, and it is about uh, the best way to describe it. It's a siren song, and the siren is not her heroin. Her yeah, right. It's exactly what I wrote down. I was going to ask you if the if the narrator yeah. is heroin. Brilliant idea. Yeah. And heroin is singing to Chet Baker. I fall to I'd fall in love too fast Reach out to me, baby One last time few minutes of his life up in his room do you know how you do know how he died presumably oh, i did i watched I, that wonderful documentary very recently yeah. actually okay Reminders. well that's so we know there was an open verdict apparently he could have mm. been pushed he, he could have fallen he could have jumped nobody knows except that he was found dead so it's it's almost heroin calling to him to say, "Come on, chat, your time is up. Let's do something one more time." I can take I'm the edge the off only, your day. I'm the only. Yeah, yeah, I'm the only one. I've been with you since the very beginning. I'm your only true friend. Come to me, come to me. So the chorus, if you call it a chorus, is "Hit the street" is 100% literal. Wow! Right, right. I didn't get that. Okay. Yeah. Is it time to hit the street? Yep. Shit. It's time to hit the street. I thought it was the, the, the drugs, uh, you know, the, as the protagonist, well, you said they are the protagonist. They were sort of being made and ready to be rolled out to the next victim, but it's, it's more literal than that, what you're saying. Okay. Mm. It is. And that's yeah. why, that's, 
I mean, Jimmy Scott, little Jimmy Scott was mentioned because he was in the hotel on the night that it happened. Okay. Um, right, right. And was in the bar. There was a lot of musos around, and, and Chet just went upstairs. No one really knows, but they thought he'd gone upstairs to get some cigarettes. Simple as that. So mm. I'm just picking, I'm picking bits of history and sewing them together. Mm. That's fascinating, wonderful. There's some, um, there, there is a lot of death on the on the record, Kevin, and a lot of death. Yeah, and and <laughs> you seem to be reaching, <coughs> reaching to God as as well. Dare I say it? Um, there, there's a kind of, for me, there's a, a really strong sort of dialectic with the record where you're looking up to the sky you're looking up to heaven there's lots of references to heaven and angels and all the rest of it and yet we've got the gutter down the filthy gutter down here were you conscious of that kind of that binary thing going on i'm lying in the gutter looking up at the stars yeah i had one eye on a bird in flight and the other on the news And it was devastating news Somebody claimed it proved that we're just Barbecues and uh, To a degree, I, I suppose. I mean, everybody thinks like that at a certain time in their life. Um... And it is that contrast yeah. that is interesting. I probably best summed up in the last line of the last song. Mm. Um, I have one eye on the bird. Eye, on the bird. Um, on, a, on a bird in flight. Mm. The other on the news. Mm. Yeah, I think that sums so, up yeah. the album very well, actually, Kevin. I, th- I think it does, in a way. I mean. Nobody knows the reality of what happens when you pop your clogs, but I imagine everyone hopes it's quite good. <laughs> but, uh, but but at the moment we're, we're we're kind of stuck here and having to deal with what's here. So we dream, we all dream a little bit, and we all hope a little bit. So there's that the sense of hope never goes away. Mm. Um, but it 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 is challenged one hell of a lot. In this world, yeah, that that closing song is is very beautiful and and very sad. You say the sense of hope. It reminds me of the closing track on Goodbye Goodbye Blue Sky, but the hope's a little more muted this time. It's mm. it's quite a it's quite a difficult listen just because it's it's so sad, you know. Mm. It's like the singer. It's like the singer is the only one who still believes in something and can see something. My favourite line in that particular song, which, if I can remember it correctly, um, is towards the end. Not the terrible truth, beautiful life. No, 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 no. It is, um, yeah, people around here don't like freaks with wings. Mm. They're all begging for somewhere to stay. They give you away People around here don't like freaks with wings. 
Yes, right. The notion that even though there's still that hope, if there were angels and they came, the be you know that particular community has been so affected by the way things are, they wouldn't even trust the angels. Mm. They're just a bunch of freaks with wings. We don't <laughs> like you. Yeah, that's chilling, isn't it? And that they're turned away from heaven. Um, yeah. And to to occupy that that wonderful comic um, scene that you've got in Song of Hate, Kevin, which I find absolutely hilarious. Uh, I I can't shake, and uh, forgive me for this, please. Um, the image of the, the of the seven dwarves, a kind of a a, a dystopian <laughs> seven dwarves with their shovels. Um, stoking, stoking the fires of hell for this, yeah. shall we say, this friend of yours. Hey, ho, I'm down below. I'm stoking the furnace where the bad eggs go. Well, no, it's, I, yeah, it's a misconception. It's not about <laughs> yes, one particular it person. It's a Frankenstein monster made of bits of various people that I've met over the years <laughs> in the business. Most people are great. Most people are nice and generous and giving. Yeah. But there's always a few total dickheads on the journey. And this is about, this is for them. Yes. This is for would, them. Would the composite dickhead uh, <laughs> recognise his or herself from, from what you've written there? I've no idea. <laughs> but if I'm being honest and true I'd rather put you in the freezer and watch you turn blue. But thank you for keeping my head on straight. Everybody needs a target to focus their head. I've no idea. I mean, on, on the one hand, I would hope so. On the other hand, I would hope not. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> the, 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 the point is, you know, it's, it was better out than in. Yes, absolutely. Right. <laughs> Who's the who's the Mancunian at the end, Kevin? Is it is it you being flexing your muscles yeah. and saying, um, you yeah. know, come and have a go if you think you're hard enough? Is it is that you? Yeah, exactly. That's <laughs> me. Yeah. Brilliant. You're in the yeah, yeah. You're in the on the train again, being beaten up, aren't you? And you're fighting back. <laughs> yeah, fucking dare you! Yeah. Yeah. I've grown up. Yes, exactly. Yeah, I mean that was one of those things that that, that just and we were make, we were sort of in mix mode. Uh, we, we started mixing this track at this point, and it was like, hang on, something something needs to happen at the end. Something personal, something me, something that's real, <laughs> authentic. Right. So I just threw this thing at it, and it worked. You know? Yeah, yeah. It's it, and it's hilarious too. Um, can I uh, can I ask about t- two songs in particular, uh, Kevin? I- I'm thinking of Five Minutes Alone and Bullet Holes in the Sky. They <laughs> they come across very much more open hearted than than we're used to from y- your back catalogue. And I wonder if that was a conscious thing. Um, could be. I mean, I think you're wrong about. I mean, Five Minutes Alone. It's a very bizarre song and comes from a very dark place. Okay. Um, and it's a song, for me, it's a song where you think it's about this in the first verse, but maybe it's about something else in the second verse. And then it's it keeps changing and, and other things happen in there that make you think about it in different ways. That, that, it's a very, it's a very dark place. 
which I'll come back to. Mm. Um, yes, I was going to ask what the line, all I have to do is share with some like-minded yeah. individuals. What, what, yes. What's going on there? All I have to do is share with some like-minded individuals and they tell me exactly well, the, the, the story behind this song is, again, it's a little bit like, it's a little bit of future gazing in that there could be on the dark net uh, a global consortium of prison officers that have tapped in, into CCTV cameras at their respective penitentiaries right. and offer a service whereby, and they would, they would write to you and offer you the chance, these are, these are the families of murder victims. Right. And they would offer the family, members of the family, the opportunity to spend five minutes alone with this prisoner, during which time you can do what the hell you like. And it could be accessed by other people around the world via CCTV cameras. Hence, mm. people of like-minded... <laughs> like-minded individuals mm. so but the key line the key line that sets that up which you may not have heard is uh what's the line in the summer hat with the bluebirds on when you took her from the, the swing, swing chair. chair yeah when you took her from the swing chair that's who he's singing to he's singing to the person who took his daughter his wife whoever it was and the five minutes alone is what he is considering getting with the per perpetrator. Jesus. Jolly, jolly, isn't it? Yours is the last face I see As I descend into fitful sleep It's the first when I awake And see you sitting in the swing chair Crikey, yeah, and I'm, I'm I'm looking at the lyrics now, and of course, yeah, I can I can see that now, but I hadn't I hadn't grasped that at all, Kevin. It's, it's well, that's a, fine. Yeah, you weren't meant to. You weren't. I, you know, one point I considered doing another song to explain it, but I thought, <laughs> why? What? There's no there's no real point. It, the song works. If it works for you on a different level, that's absolutely fine. Mm -hmm. um, but but it has got that. That is where the song came from. And right. it's gentle, and it's haunting. And but the guy's having trouble sleeping. You know, it's 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 it. The song comes from a dark place. But again, it's almost almost plausible that that kind of thing is either going on or will be going on at some point. Sure. Yeah. Can I just ask? Are you going to make these lyrics because they are so important into this <laughs> album? Are they are they going to be made available? Uh, you know, along, I don't know how, these days, without the physical media to go. I hope so, yeah. We're, right. Yeah, we're talking about that, yeah. I'm trying to figure out how best to do it. Yeah, right. absolutely. Oh, that, that's really good to hear. I'll just go off on a tangent, Kevin, if, if you've got a second. Um, I, I know when... Uh, don't worry, this will be the only 10cc question, but I was going to... Okay. A new question, I hope a new question about I'm not in love. I re I dug out a quote from you the other day where yeah. the, the voice idea, I didn't realise that it had a specific template, and I think, it, or you said anyway, that it was based on 
George Legetti's Luxa Turner, you know, which was the music used in 2001. Is, is that right? Well, the, that was the overriding sound in, in, in the movie. Yes. That's incredible dissonant. Uh, uh, yeah, but still beautiful in its mm. own, if its own majestic way. Yes, it, it was. I think that was what I had in the back of my mind. Yeah. Uh, when I when I brought the idea up, it was that kind of that kind of that kind of power. That yes. Kind of wash. But it wasn't too sweet, it was just like the sea singing, you know, it was amazing. Yes, I mean, what you ended up with was that beautiful enveloping sound of all the notes working together. But I just wonder yeah. whether, whether the other three knew that piece, because that is a frightening piece of music, and it doesn't sound it, to me anything like... It's not a sort of beautiful sound. It's quite it's quite a disturbing sound. Then. Yeah, it was, it was just... I mean, it was, that was just the, the kind of the starting point, yeah, the template, really. Yes. Fascinating. Brilliant. Thank you. A uh, couple of couple more questions for you, Kevin, if that's okay. Uh, yep, yep. Um, and one is a, 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 a bit of harmless fluff, we think, but uh, it's keeping us awake <laughs> at night. But firstly, I, um, I had a, an amusing thought. I'm not sure if it's amusing. Uh, I was out walking the dog today, and I thought, how interesting that your first, your last, and your last but one albums are, are all about Armageddon. To, to some to some degree is that is do you think that's a personal mission on the face of it this is just an educated guess we seem to be approaching the end of the world as we know it so what do we do my air is such a mess how interesting but it's true isn't um, it yes to, to to a degree um maybe maybe it's just at the time that they were made there was a lot of shit going down, <laughs> and how uh, oh, interesting! I never realised that. Yeah, it could well be, but it, yeah, it's. I think the f- dark things are easier to write about than pretty things. Yes, for me anyway, because yeah. you can get lost in the dark. You can't get lost in the light. So it, it, it's sort of for a writer, it's it's. Uh, the way to go for a lot of people for me too now mm. i believe so maybe i'm just attracted to that yeah okay. yeah um well it's, it's um i found muscle memory to be massively absorbing and engaging it's not an easy listen at all um no. but i find that the lyrics are uh, they can be repulsive and enticing funny and dark all at the same time i think it's it's a very rich work this kevin thank you appreciate that it's it's um the trick is i think when you are writing about the kind of subject matter that i've written about it can't be too on the nose and Mm. too straightforward Mm -hmm. you know you, you you have to come at these subjects from uh, a different angle yeah. in order to to give the effect that you're uh, that you're after mm. you know because you know you could be saying oh isn't the world fucked what we're going to do about trump 
And, you know, you don't really want to be saying that <laughs> because it just wouldn't work. So, yeah. it, again, I go back to the notion that these are essentially 11 short stories mm. and each, each story has a, a person with an opinion or an experience to tell you about. Um, and it's from, even though they're fictitious people, apart from one, um, they... <laughs> They covered it from their own human perspective. Yeah, yeah. Well said. I tried to say a prayer last night, but the words came out all broken. I had one eye. been listening to the consequences podcast produced by paul mcnulty and sean mccreevy thanks for listening to finish off kevin if we may we've got yeah. um, a little project which we're hoping um to go out on the road and film in about okay. hopefully a month's time we're going to make uh, a kind of what we a road movie a road movie for nerds about <laughs> yeah. a lost tape and uh, we just wanted uh, just to try and tweak your memory a little bit. Paul, do you want to just give a, a bit of background to it? Well, yeah, sure. Peter Wadsworth um, of the Strawberry Archive has had come into his possession a, a, a multi-track tape recorded, we think, well, we know it says on the, on the box, July 1976. It's an advert for Revlon <laughs> recorded by 10cc for a product called Natural Wonder Eyeliner. Do you remember that? <laughs> no. And if I did, I'd immediately forget it. Yeah. Um, well, well, we obviously we haven't been able to hear what's on the tape, but we've we've seen the, the track sheet. You're all you're all on there. All the tracks are used up, and it even has uh, a very interesting thing where it says Kev voiceover. But obviously, we, we, oh my god, yeah. Can you can you honestly not remember doing an advert for, for Revlon? No, I mean it's the kind of thing we might have done, but I can't. Yeah. I can't remember what it might actually be. Nineteen seventy-six. Yeah, Graham can't remember it either. No, it's it's significant because we believe, with the possible exception of the sort of aborted people in love recording, it might be the last recording that the four of you ever did together. What we think. So we we're very interested. That that, that, that would be disappointing. <laughs> Well, well, we haven't heard it yet, but uh, I, yeah, we're, we're going to we're going to literally bake the tape in an oven, Kevin, and um, and f film the process as we unravel this molten tape onto a sixteen-track machine. <laughs> <laughs> How very maybe, very strange. Maybe. Yeah. No, I, it will melt. I don't know, but <laughs> who knows? How strange. Shall we keep you posted?
Yeah, I'd love to hear what it was. <laughs> That's, That's very awesome. bizarre. Yeah. Uh, just one one very short sidebar, Kevin. I was. Yeah. I'm I'm recording from Chalton in Manchester, and I was very enthused to see that you gave our local hero, Badly Drawn Boy, a nice review on on Twitter for his album Banana Skin Shoes. I'm oh, sure I love him. I love I, mm. I love Badly, as we could call him. <laughs> yes, he's great. <laughs> We hung out a bit in London when he was there, and uh, he's a lovely guy, a lovely guy. Mm. He and is it is a, it's a really good album. It is, isn't it? His first for a long time. Yeah, I think it's a real return to form. So if I see yeah. him, I shall certainly uh, pass on your regards. Oh, please do. Please do. Brilliant, brilliant. And uh, Kevin, thanks so much for spending so much time with us this evening. It's been a, an absolute thrill for us. Thank you. Well, thank you, and I'm glad that... Uh, well, it seems you like the album, which is which is good. Oh, so, very much so, and and it's a grower. I'm pleased to say, um, it go, it takes you deeper each time. Very good. All right. Brilliant. Fantastic. Take care, and um, and hopefully we'll speak to you anon, uh, Kevin. But uh, be, be be well. I will, and you too. Good to talk to you again. Thank Thanks, you. Kevin. See ya. Bye bye. Bye bye. Bye.